You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Tyen from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, and I want to share with you today some encouragement on having victory over discouragement. Victory over discouragement. I miss getting together for church. I miss when we used to be able to uh, get together as a large group. Now we can't even have our ministry center watch parties for the videos because of the COVID outbreak, which today uh, is a record setting. Over 8,000 cases have been reported. So victory over discouragement. Psalm 42 I read this and I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Verse 5. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am discouraged, but I will remember you. So, verse 8. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. So, all through history, people have gone through discouraging times, through times when they weren't able to do what they wanted to do, when they look back and remember how things were better in the past. And I want to give you encouragement that things are going to be better in the future. So, look forward to the future, prepare for the future, worship the Lord, and expect great things from the Lord in the future. The Christ follower has a great expectation and a great hope that better days are yet to come. So today I want to share with you in the brief time that we have, number one, grow through trials. Number two, love like God loves you. And number three, share your life and faith. And then afterwards, I'll have a... Um, uh, dramatization of the importance of wearing a parachute. So you want to stick, stick with me through that time. So uh, number one, go through trials, trials. So at the acrostic here, trials. But uh, one of the most difficult times in the Christian life is when things don't go our way, when we uh, suffer with or are fearful of sickness, when we have. Um, either a job loss or the fear of a job loss, when we don't have the financial resources coming in or the confidence that we're going to have future financial resources coming in. Um, a death, the death of a child, the fear of death, um, all sorts of things, worry and fear. You know, one of the biggest problems right now is that if you get a cold or bronchitis or whatever, then you're thinking, okay, what if this is it? What if I've got COVID? What am I going to do now? So uh, I was going to ride my bike through the winter, my bicycle. I like to ride my bicycle. That might be weird for somebody my age, but hey, it's a thing that I like to do. And uh, so I was going to ride through the winter, but I noticed that when I'm out in the cold air for like an hour, hour and a half, breathing in that cold air, that it gives me a suspicious cough uh, afterwards for like a couple hours. So I uh, don't need a suspicious cough right now because everybody's like, whoa, does he have COVID? Anyway, God can use trials for good. God can use difficulties in your life for good. God allows you to go through difficult times because it helps you to grow in faithfulness and proves your faithfulness. First Peter 1, 3, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. 
And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so that when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him, even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. So in context, this passage is primarily talking about church persecution, but it can also refer to or give us encouragement in these trials that I'm going to mention right now. So these trials that we go through, these difficulties, things, difficult things that we go through. If you look in the book of Job, you see all the difficulty that Job went through, uh, sickness and loss of his children and loss of his possessions and all the difficult things that he went through. And that proved, that showed his faithfulness to follow after the Lord. So same thing is true in our lives. So when we are seeking to find victory over discouragement, remember that trials are normal for all Christians, and through these trials, we can not only uh, be victorious, but we can prove our love for God and our genuine faith in the Lord. So number one, or should I say, uh, give me a T, T for temptation. So in trials, T, temptation. All right. Uh, actually, I talked about this on November 1st, so you can go back to the video uh, of uh, or the audio of November 1st, Victory Over Temptation. But every Christian experiences temptation. We're all tempted in many different ways. Satan tries to catch Christians unaware. He tries to uh, trick us, pull us down. Vance Habner said, Our defeat or victory begins with what we think. And if we guard our thoughts, we shall not have much trouble anywhere else along the line. John Stott said self-control is primarily mind control. So you and I have an opportunity to follow after the Lord and avoid temptation. And a lot of that temptation starts in our minds. So when we uh, renew our minds through reading God's word, not being conformed to the world, Romans 12, 1, um, we can do the right things, but we can't become complacent. We can't just assume, uh, well, it doesn't really matter. We're forgiven. It doesn't, doesn't really matter who, who cares. Uh, God cares and we should care. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters, we read where the devil briefs his nephew Wormwood on the subtleties and techniques of tempting people. The goal, he counsels, is not wickedness, but indifference. Satan cautions his nephew to keep the prospect, the patient, comfortable at all costs. If he should become concerned about anything of importance, encourage him to think about his luncheon plans. Not to worry, it could induce indigestion. And... Then this definitive job description, I, the devil, will always see to it that there are bad people. Your job, my dear Wormwood, is to provide me with people who do not care. So that is the same thing true uh, in our lives is that we are tempted and so many times we don't care. We are going through difficulties and so many times we don't care. But when we're following after Jesus and we realize we've fallen into temptation, that can cause great discouragement in our lives. When we yield to that temptation, uh, when we uh, don't uh, exercise self-discipline, when we don't have determination, when we make bad decisions, when we don't look to the divine help of the Holy Spirit, then we are often discouraged. 
James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And I shared in my message on November 1st that the most important verse on temptation that we can remember and think about is 1 Corinthians 10.13 that says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So trial, tea, temptation. You give in to temptation, it's going to lead to discouragement. You want victory over discouragement? Say no to temptation and make the right choices. All right, give me a T. Temptation. Give me an R. What's that spell? Resentment. Resentment. We resent people. So many times we resent them. Uh, right now we've got people that will resent you for not wearing a mask. They resent you for wearing a mask. They resent you for making them wear a mask. They resent you for not making people wear a mask. Uh, so many resentments. There's people that are upset that the Mayo Clinic in town has people coming from all over the region to Bell Plain to get in the car line to get tested for COVID in town over there by the nursing home. And uh, resentment for that. There's just so many reasons that people are resentful. We want to make sure that we're not holding on to resentments that can lead us to feel discouraged. So many times we feel discouraged because people don't do what we expect them to do. And maybe that's just, or maybe we just need to let it go. So pray about that. Think about that and think about the things that you are doing and the things that you could be doing and try to see people with God's eyes, uh, with patience, kindness, and understanding. Ephesians 4.31 tells us to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So we can be released from the power of resentment causes, the discouragement that resentment causes when we uh, seek to love people, when we pray for them, when we pray for our own needs, and we pray for patience. Uh, it's hard to uh, love and also hold on to things that uh, make us resent some Somebody. Matter of fact, Galatians 6.2 says we're supposed to carry each other's burdens and in this way we'll fulfill the law of Christ. So when we care about people, when we care about Christians, when we care about uh, the other uh, people around us, when we love, that's a sign that we're saved. First John 3.14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. So give me a T, temptation. Give me an R, resentment. Give me an I. What's that for? Inferiority. Inferiority. You know, sometimes when I feel discouraged, full of discouragement, when discouragement's getting victory over me, it's because I feel inferior. There's so many reasons to feel inferior. None of those things really matter as much as uh, our value to the Lord. Uh, Sometimes when we feel like we don't measure up to the Lord's standards, when we don't measure up to uh, uh, fulfilling God's tasks in our life, we feel inferior, and inferior surely can make us discouraged. You know, the Apostle Paul repeatedly uh, showed or wrote about how he felt inferior so he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.15. Paul writes, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. He's saying, I'm the worst sinner of all. And then he writes, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. 
you know, nobody is worthy. God is a holy, perfect God in every way. And sometimes we just feel that we don't measure up. Sometimes we feel that we are just unable to uh, do everything that we should do right, that say everything that we should do correctly. And it can cause great difficulty in our life because we feel inferior. Uh, Neil T. Anderson had a uh, Who I Am in Christ. Maybe you want to Google search that, but uh, it's a great list of uh, how we feel and what the Bible says about how we should feel in our position in Christ. So uh, I think it's called Who I Am in Christ by Neil T. Anderson. If I find the link, I will put it in the description for this video. Again, Paul says, uh, I'm not enough. He says, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 1. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I tried, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. So even though Paul was trained by um, some of the greatest religious teachers of the day, even though he was extremely knowledgeable about God and religion in the Old Testament, he felt inferior. And maybe he felt inferior because the more the Lord revealed to him, the Holy Spirit revealed to him, the more that he was used by God to write scripture for us, uh, the more he realized how he didn't measure up, the more he realized how he in his own strength, wasn't good enough. But uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he was greatly used by God. Sometimes we feel inferior because we don't know enough. Sometimes we feel inferior because we don't have enough experience. Uh, here Paul writes to Timothy about his youth. First Timothy 4.12, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. So in the way you live. So we're living our lives. And so maybe we're not as young as we used to be. I'm not as young as I used to be. But I think this principle stands clear for all of us. Don't let anyone think less of us because uh, maybe we don't have that degree. Uh, maybe we grew up on what they would consider the wrong side of town. Maybe we don't... Uh, Match them uh, in finances or possessions or whatever. Don't let people look down on you uh, for where you're at. You, we're all in a process pursuing our relationship with Jesus, growing in Christ. So don't let people look down on us. But instead, be an example. Be an example to all believers in what we say, the way we live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. That is a good message for all of us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. You are God's. That should make you feel not inferior. That should make you feel special and wanted and important and very valuable. So, um, so many times we say we can't, we're, we just don't feel like we can, but we know that Philippians 4.13 says, 
I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And Philippians 4.19 says, The same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. So we receive our resources. We receive the power we need. We receive the strength we need. Uh, the power we need, Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth, in Bell Plain, in Jordan, in Scott County, through Minnesota, across the nation, and to the ends of the earth. A, A for affliction, a cause of persistent pain or distress, uh, a mysterious illness. Uh, Paul was afflicted with a thorn in the flesh that he prayed that it would be removed, and uh, God left it to keep him humble. I don't know what your afflictions are. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's a relationship thing. Maybe it's a work thing. Um, it causes suffering. It causes difficulty. It causes pain. It can cause great discouragement. But God can use those difficult times in your life, those hard times in your life when you don't know what you're going to do. Uh, if God doesn't heal you, doesn't cure you, doesn't help you. Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. There's so many times when we go through affliction, when we go through difficult times, and it actually draws us closer to the Lord. It deepens our faith. It makes us more committed Christ followers. And uh, it leads to us asking uh, for forgiveness for any sins that the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Psalm 25, 18, uh, look at my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. So my pains and my troubles and take away all my sins. You know, that's the most important thing that we as a church want to happen is for your sins to be forgiven and for you to become right with the Lord so that you can experience eternal life with him in his presence with Jesus, that you would be assured heaven, that you would be adopted as a child of God. And every one of us sins. Sin is doing anything against God's will. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned and still sin and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we sin and we reap what we sow and those uh, wages we reap is death, eternal separation from God. But Romans 10, 9, uh, in declaring that Jesus Christ came, lived among us, showed us how to live, uh, died on the cross, rose again, ascended into heaven, and is involved in our lives right now, that uh, Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on the name of the Lord? You can do that through prayer, praying something like this. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, it's not the magical words of a prayer that save you. It's your heart commitment. Prayer is talking to God. And when you come to the Lord and ask to be forgiven, ask him to come into your life, he will. And if you have done that, if this is a, uh, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let us know so we can send you some resources to help you to grow in the Christian life. That's so awesome. We'd just love to know if you have placed your faith in Jesus today. All right. Um, 2 Thessalonians 1.6, when it talks about trouble, when it talks about uh, all the difficulties that we go through, when it talks about um, all the hardships that we endure, and the afflictions of 2 Thessalonians 1.6 says, 
God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. So God sees if you're being persecuted. God sees if you're being troubled. And vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So let him take care of that. You keep serving Jesus and let the Lord take care of settling the score for you. So um, sometimes when Christians go through difficulty, um, which they'll do, uh, some blame God when they suffer. Um, Some uh, say, God, why do you allow this? How can you be a merciful God? How can you love me and allow me to go through this? Charles Spurgeon said, the Lord gets his best soldiers out of the highlands of affliction. You know, when you've gone through a season of affliction and difficulty, it can make you much stronger in your faith and much more, much more useful if you want to be used uh, to accomplish God's plans. If you want to serve the Lord, sometimes he can use those difficulties to make you more effective. John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress and spent a lot of time being afflicted in prison, wrote, afflictions make the heart more deep more experimental, more knowing and profound, and so more able to hold, to contain, and to beat more. Afflictions can make you tough. Really, the difficulties that we go through can make us much stronger, and God can use this. And again, Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. I think I've mentioned this in every sermon lately, but I just feel like it's so important in the time that we're going through, in the time that we live, between politics and health and everything else. It's like, God, what are you doing? And we're assured that God can use us for good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And that is so encouraging. That is so encouraging to know that we are in a process when we came into faith in Jesus, that we're in a process to become just like Him, to... Uh, Jesus is the firstborn, uh, our firstborn brother, our older brother. That's a cool concept to hold on to, be part of God's family. So I think that's awesome. All right. Uh, trials. L stands for loneliness. L stands for loneliness. So we all have basic emotional needs. And the most important one is uh, that we have unconditional love and acceptance. And it's great to be able to share our lives with somebody. It's great to be able to share things in our lives, to be encouraged by others and not to be alone. Loneliness is the result of feeling unloved and unaccepted. And God meets this foremost emotional need. You know, sometimes when we feel lonely, we forget how much God loves us and how long He will love us. He loves us with an everlasting love, which means His love for us will never change, regardless of what we do or don't do. To know that God loves us. Sometimes we're so discouraged because we feel so alone. So Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. So, um, you know, you can have everything and still feel lonely. You can have money, you can have position, you can have fame and still feel lonely. But it says, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. The Lord will never desert you. The Lord will never forsake you. You know, sin, sorrow, suffering, separation, they bring loneliness. An address change, a job change, a school change, uh, being quarantined all alone, being forced to work at home, uh, being an elderly person that hasn't been able to get any visitors. My wife wasn't able to see her mother for like seven months. Um, no vi- outside visitors for seven months. That just makes people lonely. So do what you can to be uh, reaching out to lonely people. But uh, Psalm thirty four eighteen says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. 
Jesus knew that he was going to be deserted, that he was going to be alone, but he also knew that the Father would be with him. And we need to remember that, that God is with us, no matter where we are, no matter where we end up, that God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son are all with us. So we can go through this life and know that we are actually never alone. John 16, 31, Jesus says, Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming, and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, you're all going to leave me. You're all going to disappear. Uh, Things are going to go bad and you're going to scatter and I'm going to be left alone. But I am not alone because my Father is with me. That is so true in our lives. You know, if we can invest in people, if we can make new friends, if we can try to connect with the new people uh, that are around us uh, so they don't feel lonely, that would be awesome. That would be an awesome thing to do, to be able to connect with them. You know, I often pray, especially in the beginning of the school year, that each student would have at least one Christian friend so they wouldn't be lonely. You know, you don't have to have a million friends. Actually, that'd be a lot of work to have a million friends. I think the Bible says that he who has many friends comes to ruin. But if you had a Christian friend or two that encouraged you, that inspired you, that you were accountable to, that you did life together with, that would be huge. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit, John 14.16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That is the Holy Spirit. Trials. S. S. Suffering. Let's talk about suffering for a moment. So we all suffer. A lot of times we suffer because we follow Jesus. We suffer religious persecution. We suffer difficulties of life. We suffer because we are in a sinful, fallen world. And the result of that is often suffering. Romans 8.17 says, And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. And 2 Corinthians 1.5 says, The more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So, suffering is a privilege. Philippians 1, 29, For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for Him. We are in this struggle together. We, you have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. And finally, 1 Peter four sixteen says, But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name. All right, so the suffering, you know, sometimes like it's a result of the sinful, solid, uh, sinful fallen world, but sometimes the suffering is caused by us wanting to serve the Lord and the spiritual opposition that comes with it. Sometimes the work that God has called us to do is hard. It's difficulty. It's difficult. I can't talk today. And it can lead to suffering. We need to find balance. We need to be empowered. We need to have the Holy Spirit help us to do His work, to do God's God's work through his power and not try to do it on our own. Sometimes when we're doing stuff on our own, instead of through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we will find that we get burned out, that we get tired, that we suffer. So anyway, 
I can't believe how fast time goes. But all right, uh, number two, number two, love like God loves you. It's so easy to forget how much God loves us, but you and I need to love like God loves us. We need to love others like God loves us. First John 4, 16, we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. But fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. He loves us so much, and we need to accept that love. We need to evaluate what that love does in our life, and we need to show others that kind of love. You know, sometimes it's really easy to just be self-centered, to be self-focused, and focus on all the things that are bad about a person, all the things that are difficult about a person, all the things that you don't like about a person. But we need to really think about that kind of unconditional love, that love that God shows us. Because maybe we're difficult. Maybe we're hard to deal with. Maybe God says the same thing about us, yet he still continues to love us. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. You know, sometimes uh, we just get so tired of people. We just want to give up on them. Uh, Maybe sometimes you get tired of me and you want to give up on me. Psalm 86.15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Love will help us to be slow to get angry. And finally, 1 Peter 5.6, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. One of the best things that you can do for people that you find unlovable is to pray for them and to uh, um, Ask the Lord to empower you, to help you, and to help those people. Uh, Show love to those people, even those people that you find are hard to love. And number three, number three, share your life and faith. Share your life and faith. That is so huge. So we need to pass this baton on to the next generation. We need to share our life and faith with others. So Moses um, his days on earth are over. These are the last instructions I'm about to read to you to the Israelites and for Joshua, who is taking his place as a leader. So as I read this, think about what you could do to make this happen. What would that look like in your life? Deuteronomy 31.7 Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Uh, Verse 9. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the Levitical priests, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them, At the end of every seven years, in the year for canceling debts, during the festival of tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, You shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the foreigners residing in your towns, so that they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully the words in this law. So what I see here is that uh, Moses was writing it down so that the faith would be passed on to the rest of the Israelites, that it was important for uh, families to hear, for the young people to hear, for the families to... uh, 
pass on their faith to their children, for people to pass on the faith to the young people. You know, I think that we need to do all that we can to make sure that the kids are grown in the Lord in the midst of all this separation and pandemic stuff. So anyway, um, I can't believe how fast time goes. Uh, let me just pray and then we're going to watch a video about the importance of a parachute. It's really about the importance of salvation, but I think that you'll like it. So Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you've given me an opportunity to uh, speak to who's ever listening, watching on this video or audio. Lord, I am imperfect in every way. I've gone through trials and difficulties. Uh, I could do more to show love towards others. I thank you so much for the love that you show me. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live lives that are worthy of all that you've blessed us with and given us. I pray that you would heal us of sickness and provide everything that we need. I pray that you would keep us from getting sick with the COVID and that you would help us to not be fearful, but to be wise in the way we act toward outsiders and to boldly share our faith in person and online. Lord, I pray that we would not be discouraged or discouraging, but we would be encouraged and encouraging everywhere we go. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to bless River Rock Church. I pray that people would continue to give uh, to support our church, even though they're not actually coming into the building. But Lord, I pray that you would use us and guide us and direct us. Lord, I pray to do great things for us, even more than we could ask or imagine as your power works in us. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me tell you a story about two men, both of them riding on an airplane. The first man, the flight attendant, walks up, gives him a parachute and says, this is your parachute. It is for flight enhancement. It will make your flight better. So the man puts on the parachute. It's heavy. It's cumbersome. It causes him to sweat. It's uncomfortable. He starts to look around and he realizes that most of the other passengers aren't wearing parachutes. Why does he have one on? And about then, turbulence hits the plane. And he comes to this realization that this parachute is not making his flight any better. And so he quickly takes off the parachute, never to put it on again. But the second man, the second man, the flight attendant approaches and she says to him, this is your parachute. At some point during this flight, you're going to have to jump out of this plane at 25,000 feet. You don't know when, but it's going to happen. The man quickly puts on the parachute. He understands its purpose. Oh, it's heavy on his shoulders. It's cumbersome. It's uncomfortable. It causes him to sweat. He looks around and realizes that most of the passengers are not wearing a parachute. And this concerns him. He thinks they probably need one, but nothing you can say would get him to take off that parachute. Why? Because he understands its purpose. He understands that it is his only hope if he's going to make it. This story draws us to a better understanding of salvation. I mean, if I were to ask you today, what is the primary purpose of salvation? What would you tell me? Some people say that it is life enhancement, to make life better. The purpose of salvation is to save your soul from the wrath of God. Oh, don't misunderstand me. Abundant life, eternal life, peace, joy, all of these things that come with knowing Christ are a byproduct of salvation. But its primary purpose is to save you. See, we have to understand that God demands righteousness. That's how someone finds eternal life is by being righteous and it is salvation through Jesus Christ that brings about your righteousness. 
If we understand that, then we understand the purpose of salvation better. See, when we have this idea that salvation is about life enhancement, then when we experience turbulence in life, we backslide, we fall. Jesus likened it to a seed that fell on hard ground. It couldn't grow any roots. And so when troubles came, it died away. And when we realize that salvation is about our righteousness, it causes us to want to live a righteous life. And therefore, we turn away from the pleasures of this world that the Bible says will only last for a season. The airplane, that ride, that's life. And the jump... That is our jump from this world to the afterlife. And the parachute is our salvation. Without it, you have no hope. And listen, it's something you have to deal with because the truth is, one day, before we realize it, we're all going to have to make the jump. Well, what did you think of that video? It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it make a lot of sense, especially when people know what to expect? So uh, just to say, hey, wear a parachute, people are like, ah, who cares? Uh, Just to say, hey, yeah, follow Jesus. And people are like, yeah, who cares? But uh, wear a parachute because you're going to need it (laughs) when you have to exit the plane. Uh, Wear um, a parachute. Follow Jesus because you're going to need it because someday you're going to stand before Jesus and give an account of your life. Uh, follow Jesus because he can give you a better quality of life than you could ever have on your own. Follow Jesus because if you ever want to find victory over discouragement, you definitely find that in him. So anyway, hey, um, you can uh, plug into our website. Uh, We're trying to make it real easy to find things. So sometimes we put more resources on our website with these messages, riverrockchurch.com slash sermons. I uh, usually find the video and audio link. And if I had any uh, real interesting notes, sometimes I put them in there. Uh, you can watch or listen to this also, riverrockchurch.com slash watch or riverrockchurch.com slash listen. Um, you can give or you pray. We want to hear your prayer requests. So let us know how we can pray for you, riverrockchurch.com slash pray. Uh, we had groups meeting. I don't know what the future holds, but uh, uh, riverrockchurch.com slash groups to find out what groups are meeting. Might have to update this with the governor's new mandate and all this COVID stuff going around. Um, and give. Giving is an act of worship, giving back to God. So you're still supporting this ministry, even though we're not able to meet in person. So even though we're not rubbing shoulders or shaking hands. So having coffee together, riverrockchurch.com slash give. So God can still bless your finances. God is still doing a work through us. It's just in a different way. And uh, some of the stuff that we're attempting to do costs money to make happen. So uh, if you would support us at riverrockchurch.com slash give, that would be awesome. Uh, Again, I'm Pastor Chris Tyne from River Rock Church, and I would love to connect with you online or uh, through a chat or or something sometime. So I hope to hear from you soon. Have a great week. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. 
God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.